Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Okay, so well, something that uh, caught my eye this morning, uh, Jamie, is uh, the Big 12, excuse me, Pac-12, is uh, trying to expand. They're trying to get a TV deal done first. But get this, uh, the, the window's kind of passed for them, and the commissioner, George Kleokoff, has been touring, uh, like San Diego State and places like SMU, and they may be in a position that won't be very uh, helpful to them and that they may have to rely more on streaming than over-the-air or cable as far as their uh, television package is concerned. And that may significantly uh, impact uh, the amount of money that they get. And this part of this goes back to their decision to go with the standalone Pac-12 network. But the heavy streaming deal, uh, while some use it, and the Big 12 uses it, others, plenty of people use it. Obviously, we do as well. But in terms of the conference, it would limit uh, their visibility. And coaches think and it would hurt you know, their recruiting ability uh, as well. But they have been unable to get a new TV deal done, and they're the only ones. Um, and the thought now is that they have to, to add somebody, and San Diego State or SMU uh, are the two ones that they're kind of taking a look at. But we talk about, you know, the distance between here and, like, Morgantown and here and potentially, you know, going forward with a Florida school and, and BYU. But for for SMU, they, they would be, like, 860 miles away from the closest Pac-12 school. Why would they do that? <laughs> well, if they're going to get a lot more money from the Pac-12 compared to what they're getting in the whatever they are in now, that's why. I guess. You know, no question. <laughs> Isn't it always about money? Rule number two, right? It, it, rule, yeah, rule number one, follow the money. Right. It is. 820 miles would be their closest school. And that'd be Colorado. Um, the Pac-12, though, says they think, as a result of having SMU, that they could get some kind of a recruiting foothold uh, in the state of Texas. I, I find that hard to believe. I, I also <laughs> do. I also find it hard to believe that they suddenly think that they'll have the eyeballs of uh, the Metroplex and that area. Their, their current deal expires on July 1st, 2024. That is not that far away when you think about TV deals. It's right now valued at $21 million per school. That doesn't include revenue from the NCAA basketball tournament, college uh, football playoff, or any kind of bowl games. So when you look at, you know, the Big 12, the ACC, the Big 10, the SEC, man, that's that ain't much. And um, and they're going to be in, in competition with rights fees that are coming up uh, for other sports. So they're in a they're in a bit of a pickle, um, but they seem really. Uh, staunch on on adding people to their conference and uh and maybe those schools are banding together but man if you're if you're one of the big dogs like washington or oregon or utah or even the two arizona schools and you gotta be looking at this going okay at some point in time it's got to be about me it can't be about we right oh i think those schools are always about that yeah you know, I think, I think but, I mean, it's always about me. Sure. 
Sure, but I mean, I'm sure at some point, I'm sure that there's some. You well, I know, mean, I want, I, I want our lottery. I want our administration here at Texas Tech to be most worried about us, not the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. It's just you know the I guess the 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 economics for them maybe don't match up uh, in terms of what you know a, a Big Ten is offering. Maybe the Big Ten has said, "Hey, we're at this point in time we're standing pat because the guy that was the commissioner he wanted to expand. Now he's with the Chicago Bears, so that tells you what you need to know there. And you kind of look at the Big Twelve and you go, "Man, I sure feel like." This is a conference that, that wants to expand, and maybe they're trying to be picky, which I like. You know, it's got to be a, a benefit to add any more than the four that you're already adding. And maybe they're just going, hey, we got to get these four in and get the other two out, you know, before we can really kind of accelerate those plans. And maybe there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes as well that, that, that we don't know about. You, you would have to think so. Yeah, you would think so. Probably a ton of that going on. I, I just found it interesting that that they're kind of behind the eight ball with regard to getting themselves a, uh, uh, you know, get behind the eight ball with re- regard to their, their, in their TV deal. And, uh, kind of feels like that, that, you know, that's getting closer and closer to them. And there's, there's probably some desperation on their part to, to, uh, to get a deal done. Uh, you would think. It's just hard for me to believe that they won't have some TV deal. That it would be yeah. all streaming. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's just really hard for me to believe. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, SMU schmucks made for each other. Okay. Um, let's see. Chuck, uh, if he gets out of line tonight, are you ready to whoop on up on old Vic, uh, Vic Schaefer? Yeah, sure. At whatever it takes. You know, I'm I'm uh, here to be a team player, Jamie. If uh, if he gets uh, if he gets out of line tonight, I'm I'm ready. Uh, this, I'm not a LeBron lover, but people losing their minds over stopping the game for a celebration is crazy. I remember them stopping the game for Emmett's rushing record, Cal Ripken's Ironman record, McGuire's home run record, Bond's home run record. Don't remember anyone throwing a fit. I'm not throwing a fit. I just, it's just hard with, with a basketball game when you, <laughs> you know, you got the ebb and flow of it, but I get it. I mean, you make a good point. Um, especially with Cal Ripken's Iron Ironman record, there's there's no doubt. I mean, that was a long celebration. Um, and the same thing for Bonds, too. So I just, I go, just, it was just seemed like an awkward celebration to me. Like nobody really knew exactly what to do. Uh, you know, it was Corey, you know, it was choreographed. It just, it just looked, it just looked kind of awkward. And then you have some, Laker girl handing um, the NBA commissioner the microphone, and it was like it was just, it was just awkward. Just, that's all I can say. It's just it just didn't feel like it felt like a big moment, but then it didn't really feel like it had a big. It was, it was almost looked like they were surprised it happened. Maybe they were planning it for tomorrow night. I don't know, but just I don't know. It just looked it just looked weird as it kind of hey it kind of uh, came out in front of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just I just. Uh, I'm trying to take my dislike for the personality that is LeBron out of this, and um, but I did take it. Really, kind of cracked. Excuse me, kind of cracked me up to hear him say that he was humbled. <laughs> LeBron James, humbled, <laughs> yeah. humbled, yes, it's humb- yes. humbling, humbled. yeah, humbling. He said, yeah, right, LeBron, yeah, sure. See if you yeah. said, if you said that. 
100% of the people that listen to this show in, in Lubbock that know you, would they would they would buy that. There's others of us that they wouldn't go, Humboldt, you're not Humboldt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, I'd have to do something good to be humbled, Chuck. <laughs> oh, no, you, you do you do great stuff every every single day. Uh, from earlier this morning, after my uh, comparison of a uh, bad bad pizza of this uh, basketball season and team, uh, Chuck, are you saying the season is a pepperoni tragedy? I guess mm. I am. It is a bit of a pepperoni chat tragedy. Okay, so mm. you just kind of kind of have those moments. Hey, congratulations to the Friendship Tigers uh, girls basketball team. They they won the district. I'm sure that's not all they want to win, but that was a nice uh, that was a nice win last night over the uh, Permian Panthers. Jamie, yeah, uh, they played they played well last night. They the last two games they really have played well since they lost to Central. So it feels like they're playing some pretty good basketball right now. But it'll definitely get a lot tougher in the postseason. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. February the 8th, 2023, with this day in sports history, here is Jeff McGuire. Going to start in 1945, because Paul Brown agrees to coach the new American football expansion team in Cleveland. It would later be named the Cleveland Browns after him. 1960, Boston Celtics' Bill Russell becomes the first NBAer with 50 rebounds in a game. He had 51. 51 boards. Man, one of the shooting percentages that night for those two teams. I also like that you used the term NBA-er. Well, sure. That's good. I, I mean, short and less. We all knew what you meant. That was good. Mm-hmm. 1963. If you listen very carefully, you'll hear the echo of a very, very happy Chuck Hines. Because the AFL's Dallas Texans officially become the Kansas City Chiefs. Woohoo! <laughs> See, there it is. <laughs> Got a woo-woo. 1975, Pete Maravich scores 47 points as the New Orleans Jazz ends a 28-game NBA road losing streak with a 106-102 win over the Hawks in Atlanta. And, and don't you think the Pelicans should be called the Jazz and, and the Utah Jazz should be called something else? The devil. Um, the Utah Jazz just makes no sense whatsoever. No, because there is no jazz right. in Utah. Okay, um, but it just feels like they've been with it for so long that you can't sure. go back on it now. Right, no doubt. 1981, U.S. Male Figure Skating Championship is won by Scott Hamilton. If you don't remember which one he is, he's the short, bald guy that does the backflip. He's also a pretty good commentator, too. I enjoy him. Oh, he's fantastic commentator. Like, I don't watch the figure skating for the figure skating. It's one of the few things I agree with Chuck on. The commentating is usually really, really good. You watch mm-hmm. figure skating for the If I'm watching, I'm paying more attention to what the commentators are saying <laughs> than what they're doing. Because I don't know the difference between a triple sow cow, toe pick, whatever. I, I got no shot. But it was it's cool like Bud you... Wilkinson on tennis. Bud Wilkinson on tennis was just outstanding, especially at Wimbledon. You guys, you guys continue to amaze me. It's only figure skating, though, because I got no clue. You watch figure skating for the commentator. If I'm watching figure skating, I'm paying more attention to what they're saying than what I'm saying. And Chuck turns off NFL games or chooses depending on the broadcasters, not the game. Yep, sometimes, uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm. <clears throat> Nineteen. And I just watch games with the volume down. <laughs> <laughs> 1985. Bruce Morris from the University of Marshall makes a 92-foot and five-and-a-half-inch five basketball shot. If you're wondering where that is, that's almost at the the out-of-bounds line on yeah, the other end of the he's court. He's on one baseline. It was a rebound with about two seconds left at the end of the half that he was going away from the other end and did a heave, basically a baseball throw, over his head into the, into the net. Absolutely nothing but net. Wow. The video... Impressive. While it's grainy, still looks cool. There was just no audio for me to pull for it. Otherwise, I would have played it. Heinz could do that left-handed. He would nail it. Nothing but net. No, he did this right-handed. I had to think for a second which way he shot it. Yeah. Uh, hey, Bud Wilkinson was the Oklahoma coach. It was Bud Collins who I was trying to think yeah, of. Yeah, we, we knew who you meant. Okay. We knew who you meant. Okay. 1986. Every short guy in the world felt a little taller today. Because the I NBA did. dunk contest was won <laughs> by Spud Webb at five foot seven. The former Midland Chaparral. Okay, if you're gonna be really cool, Chuck, you have to tell us what his real name is. I I don't know. Anthony. Anthony Spud Webb. Okay. Nineteen ninety one, Roger Mar- uh Roger Maris. Roger Clemens signs a record five million three hundred eighty thousand two hundred and fifty dollar per year contract with the Boston Red Sox. And in two thousand nine in the NFL Pro Bowl in Hawaii, NFC beats the AFC thirty to twenty one. All around good guy. Wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, your MVP. It's National Potato Lovers Day. Which is pretty cool since Spud Webb won a dunk contest on this day. (laughs) It's also National Molasses Bar Day. What? Molasses Bar. It's uh, made with molasses, cinnamon, and raisins. Kind of gets rolled into a dough and then cut into, like, chunks. Doesn't sound terrible. No, it doesn't sound terrible at all. Molasses, for me, though, is just so hard to clean up after that it's really not an item I use very often because it's sticky like a lot sticky happy birthday Clay Thompson's 33 the big show is 51 Seth Green 49 John Williams 91 Alonzo Mourning 53 Nick Nolte 82 Leighton Vander Esch is 26 and Julio Jones is 34 and on this day in 1943, Japanese troops evacuate Guadalcanal, leaving the island to the Allied possession after a prolonged campaign. The American victory paved the way for the Allied wins in the Solomon Islands. And that is this day in sports history. All right, this day in sports history, 651 this morning here on the Morning Drive. I know you guys have seen this, and Jamie may have even talked about it a little bit yesterday on the bottom line. So how many days could you be in the dark Aaron Rodgers is going to go into the dark for four days and four nights soon after the Super Bowl. He calls it his darkness retreat. He said, I've got a pretty cool opportunity to do a little self-reflection and some isolation. And then after that, I feel like I'll be a lot closer to a final, final decision. He has yet to decide if he's going to play next year. 
and whether that's with the Packers or another team. Uh, he told this uh, to Pat McAfee. For sure, it's a real thing, 100%. That's why it's going to be important to get through this week and take my isolation retreat and just to be able to contemplate all things my future and then be able to make a decision that I think is best forward for me and in the highest interest of my happiness and then move forward. I mean, does he have food with him, Jamie? Does he have a – how does he go to the bathroom? I mean, all that all that kind of stuff. What is it in a – how big is the room? Is it in a tent? Is it in the woods? Could you do this? You're asking me if I know what Aaron Rodgers is? is. I just didn't know if you had any other details about how big the room was. Um, you know, if there's food, water, you know, bathroom facility, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then could you do – how long do you think you could stay in the dark by yourself like that? I mean, does he literally mean in the dark? Yeah. Like in the dark. Like he's going to go into a room and shut all the lights off for four days. That's how I'm taking this. I am not taking it that way at all. I'm not taking it that way at all. I'm taking it he's going somewhere where he's going to step away from his phone. He's not going to read the internet. He's not going to watch television. Okay. Okay. So here, here's a little bit more details here. Uh, the retreat will be a, a, in the confines of a small house in an undisclosed location. Meals are delivered, but otherwise there's no contact with the outside world. However, he said he could leave at any point during the stay if he chose to do so. Here's what we need. We need people to stop asking Aaron Rodgers questions. <laughs> okay, he said stop. it's... Uh... So, I mean, we're, we're just like feeding the drama queen that is Aaron Rodgers. Okay? Just, just say, uh, you know what... Uh, just first of all, just stop asking him. He's going to make an announcement at some point. Okay, just stop. Okay, and furthermore, I, I mean, why why Aaron Rodgers can't just say, you know, I'll know in a week or so. I'll have my answer in a week or so. I mean, like when you're telling somebody you're doing all of those things, that just sounds like it, you're making it up. Yeah. Why would you go put yourself in a uh, a small house for four days in the dark? Who would do he that said it's, unless you were a mental said, patient? Yeah, he said it's just sitting in isolation, mediation, dealing with your thoughts. It stimulates DMT, whatever that is. So there can be some hallucinations in there, but it's just kind of sitting in silence, Sounds which like most of us never do. Smoking a lot we of We rarely weed. turn off our phone or put the blinds down to sleep in darkness. I'm looking forward to it. Now, if like he had said, I'm going on a camping trip, you know, or a hiking trip to... You know, I'm going to get out in the wilderness and not have my phone and be away from the outside world. I think everybody would be like, oh, man, that makes sense. That'll clear your mind. Yeah. I think all of that is part of it. But it's Who goes and sits in a room? Nobody does that. Aaron Rodgers is not doing that. I don't believe any of it. You don't believe any of it? Oh, it, with Aaron Rodgers, I believe it. Gosh. Please stop asking him questions. And please, retire. Go away. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Texas Tech Red Raiders in action tonight against uh, Oklahoma State from Stillwater. We'll have it for you tonight. It all begins at uh, 7 o'clock this evening. Let's uh, get a couple things from Coach Mark Adams first. Here's his thoughts on uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys and what they bring to the table. You know, Oklahoma State's playing as well as they played all year. Uh, we got seven returners back, and um, 
experience to go with that. They're a very athletic team. So, um, you know, we have a lot of respect for them. We struggled at Oklahoma State in the past. I think in my tenure here, we've won maybe like one time in the last five or six years. So, uh, tough place to place, good team, good coaching staff. Uh, you know, it'll be a challenge for us, but we've been working hard and we're ready to go. Uh, the other thing for uh, the Texas Tech to uh, to face tonight is is basically their their athletic ability and their and their length. And uh, Coach Adams goes into that as well. Yeah, that's one of their strengths. Is they're a great block, uh, shot blocking team with with Boone and Sissay. They're both six ten and and just very very long and athletic. And and uh, then they've got Frank uh, Smith, the Smith that was with us a few years ago. And and uh, you know he's got the same type. He's six eight six nine, but he's very athletic. So three shot blockers and you know it's a great rim protector. So we're going to have to make sure we when we get in the paint we either shot fake and and try to draw a foul or kick it back out. That's going to pose a problem tonight, isn't it, Jamie, for this uh, Red Raider team, those two guys? Uh, no question. I mean, you, you love having um, defenders that force players to think twice about going to the rack. And if um, they've got those kind of rim, rim protectors, not only do they change shots or block shots, but they also maybe eh, kill your confidence in driving in there. So... Uh, you take more difficult shots, you pull up, whatever, you accept the outside shot a little bit more, that affects what you're doing on the offensive end. So uh, Oklahoma State, uh, this is the first time that you've faced them. It's weird because you know, here you are, you're, you're one and nine, and you haven't played them yet. Uh, you'll play them tonight, and then you play them one more time towards the, uh, towards the end of the season, or at the end of the season, I guess that I should say. Um, here's uh, – Here's Coach Adams on uh, how his team got to this point, how we got here at uh, one and nine with this roster. When looking back, we made some mistakes and, um, you know, should have mixed in some older guys, which we looked at a few. You know, we we're trying to get the right guys and missed on a couple. But, uh, and then, you know, some of our older guys haven't, you know, um, performed like they'd want to or we would as either. But, um, you know, then we've had, you know, again, mixed with these injuries and, and it's, it's been uh, next man up, you know, most of the year. I think we really hadn't been healthy all year. Maybe one game we had everybody out there. But uh, the main thing is getting these guys at 100% when they get out there. And, uh... You know, that's, uh, that's, that's a pretty candid answer. Um, I mean, I'm sure that uh, he can elaborate even more and probably has to, uh, to his team and maybe even internally. But um, – and they said he said it right there. We've made some mistakes in terms of how they how they mix the roster and and when you have a, a league as competitive and as tough and as little room for margin of error, I guess that's I guess that's where it can take place. You just you, I guess you just really try to you look back at it and go could you have caught that earlier, Jamie? Yeah, I, I don't know that you know until you you put it all together and you see how they play, but clearly they're not the defensive team that you have been in years past. And I, <clears throat> I think a big part of that is is the roster. I don't think you changed your scheme. I don't think the the world is <clears throat> completely figured out how to to attack it or anything like that. I just think that um, you don't have the guys, the right guys to to run that defensive scheme. You kind of changed your identity of trying to be a defensive first team. Instead, you went with smaller guards that you were thinking more offense and just didn't fit 
But he's right you know, on the other stuff, too. The injuries are a huge factor. Um, mm-hmm. And then some of the veterans didn't didn't step up like they expected them to. You know, and then, you know, and, and, and maybe at this point in time with where you are at one and nine, maybe you can't go back and look at the Oklahoma game or the Kansas game uh, in terms of, you know, if you get a better shot off against Oklahoma, if you get a call against Kansas, um, does that – does that turn the season around? Because, you know, he says those things about, you know, not playing the younger guys or not mixing the roster up or whatever. But then you kind of look at some of the non-conference games and how things went against teams that you felt like, hey, we should be waxing these guys, and we're not. And, you know, I think I think everybody kind of had a lot of concerns going into the conference season just in terms of, well, wait a minute, I mean, we didn't really play very well here in this non-conference, and then a couple of games that we played against teams that had more than a pulse, we got beat. So, you know, it wasn't like they just discovered this in the in the conference season. Uh, I have to think that some of that came down in the non-conference too, Jamie. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. I, th- I think they had an idea that it wasn't going to go as they had hoped for um, when you saw the struggles that they had had against some pretty pedestrian teams. Yeah. Uh, one last thing for him is – uh, he talks about uh, when they make the call for a medical red shirt, especially when it comes to Fardos Amac and or a, or a return to play potentially. Well, you know that's we never push our players as far as trying to come back and play too early. Uh, just uh, you know, uh, you just uh, as a coach, you don't want to break ever break that trust, and and so that's going to be up to Mike Neal, the doctors, and and to those that are injured, and 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 all of those have a voice in when they come back. And if, if the player's not ready, then we hold him out, and and, uh, and at the very end, it's it, it's a player's decision whether he's going to play or not. But look, knowing how, who Pop is and his uh, character and toughness and all, you know, he could hit playing that boot he's been wearing around if he could. That's uh, just Coach uh, Mark Adams. But you have to you have to wonder if Fardos Amac has played his last game of the season. Um, I just I just kind of have to believe that that he has at this point in time of, of the year, and and uh, and then he's got to decide on his future and what uh, what he would want to do, right? Yeah, I, I think it doesn't make sense to bring him back for him or for the team. If you think he's going to be able to keep a, a, a medical red shirt, um, then I think you sh- you shouldn't play him anymore. But yeah. if if he feels like, uh, hey, I'm, I'm not going to use two more seasons anyway, then okay, that would be different. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of up to him to decide. Uh, we get this uh, banana sorting, what are we doing? Uh, you said that was the text of the day. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, the difference between a generic is they change the label. Uh, this uh, more banana, Chuck, more banana talk, please. Uh, well done on the song, Jeff McGuire. Syntax Hank says that was outstanding. Jamie says that's a new theme song for the show. <laughs> J- Jamie's supposed to give Jeff a bonus, bananas. Bonus of also a great seg- <laughs> Could we get also your grand segue? Could we get your grandfather to send us bananas every year instead of peaches? Pears. No, it's a- pears. Okay. Pears. Dry. Pears. Yeah. Pears. 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 Uh, this uh, Coach Adams remark sounds like he's getting the fans and team ready to accept another loss. I don't know about that. Um, 
this uh, from Small Town Raider. Nothing against the young man, but am I the only one tired of Harmon getting as many minutes? If Pot can't go, I want to see Washington at the one spot. How do you feel about that, Jamie? Uh, I'd like to see Washington get more minutes, yes. Yes. Uh, right now, Davion Harmon feels like he's playing with more energy than anybody on your team, though. So, Do you think it's the headband that does that for him? Is that where the mojo's coming from? Um, probably not. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Good thought, just, though. It feels like it gives you kind of an extra kind of look at things, you know, when mm-hmm. maybe an extra little spark. Maybe there's a an energy band in there that uh, that goes that goes with that uh, too. But maybe maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, Seven twenty four this morning on the morning drive. We'll take your thoughts and comments in the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. Man, I I, I got to think this is one of those mornings where you, you got a lot of questions. Um... Uh, but uh, we're going to narrow it down to just one for me, Jeff, and uh, our final listening audience. All right, just one question for you guys today. But it is uh, you have three answers to give in the one question. <laughs> we don't talk a lot of NBA here, and I understand why. But I think there's a after LeBron last night, uh, there's a general consensus that the three greatest basketball players in the history of ever are LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Wilt Chamberlain in some sort of order. I would like you guys to rank them one through three, the greatest basketball players of all time. And if you want to throw Night. somebody else in there, um, have at it, okay? But if you, okay. Put, you put Paul Pierce in there, we're just shutting your mic off, okay? No, no. I'm not I see Paul Rafe LaFrance... No, no, and that other guy, his name I could never pronounce. Siv, Siv, whatever his name was. Siv Mackay. No, we're not putting him in there either. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to take Will Chamberlain out of this mix. Um, I, I just think that Kareem deserves to be above um, Will Chamberlain. So, I look the 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 NBA that I enjoyed most was probably the 80s first, then the 90s, and the least of all. I couldn't care less about the NBA today. So I'm going to put Michael Jordan first because I think he put that team on his back, and I don't think the Bulls win what they won without him, um, without without question. And uh, he, he made everybody better around him. But I think Kareem is second uh, because th- those Laker teams, uh, they needed his – leadership and they needed his scoring in the paint um he was an enigma no question and i think third for me is uh is lebron james and and i I might even i might even put lebron behind some somebody else uh from the 80s like a a larry bird or or somebody like that but I'll, i'll go with um i'll go with jordan kareem and lebron for your exercise Jeff? I've got Wilt third. I think I still have LeBron second and Jordan one. 
but the difference between one and two is exponentially smaller than two and three. Okay. Like, it's really close one, two, but those two guys are that much ahead of where Wilt is. Okay. I also have Wilt at three, but I have LeBron at one and Jordan at two. I think um, none of the teams would have been as good without those guys. Okay. All right. Um, I think all three of them at times have carried their franchises or carried um, their franchises. I think LeBron was able to do more with less at times. There have been times where LeBron has been paired with superstars, and we know all of that about Miami and all the above. But some of the teams in Cleveland that he got to the finals um, were just – those rosters were not great. And um, I don't think MJ ever won a championship without a top 50 player in the history of the game alongside of him in Scottie Pippen. Uh, so I, or came close. Okay. So, um, I think sometimes that gets glossed over of how good the roster was that the Bulls had with a great coach as well. Um, and I'm not, I mean, there was just, I mean, one of the best rebounders in the game and Rodman, uh, you know, and like I said, Pippen was a fantastic player that everybody just seems to forget about because of Jordan. And so I I feel like he had better rosters at times than LeBron did. LeBron, um, I just think he's a different kind of talent. I mean, the scoring title helps and shows that, you know, he withstood the test of time. Um, That's a dude that could defend in the post better than MJ could. Jordan was a great defender, but MJ couldn't defend a four like LeBron can, okay? And I, I just I feel like LeBron also had a little bit more um, pass first in him than Jordan did. So I, I love Michael's game. I think Michael's the best scorer of all time. I think he's the best competitor of all time, the greatest competitor of all time in basketball. But I think LeBron's the best player. The reason you think go ahead. The the reason I've got Jordan still one, and, and to some degree this is. I don't want to say LeBron's fault, but with him building teams around him after he left Cleveland, he never had to go through anybody either in the East. The East was garbage for about six years there. And they had the super team in Miami, and they didn't play anybody until they got to the West. When you look at what Jordan and those Bulls teams did to go through, at different points it was different teams, but there was always two or three teams right there with them that were within five or six games of the win total that those Bulls teams had in the East that the Bulls had to power through in the playoffs. So Jordan did that. Like he, I don't want to say he looked for the competition because he had nothing to do with it, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a golden path to the playoffs every year like LeBron had in the East for a while. Yeah, once they you know put together their super team, no doubt. Hey, Jamie, I have a I have a LeBron question for you. That's that's a, a a little off the path, but not really. Do you? Uh, I, I know you don't like him, and I and I don't really care for him either. But do you at least appreciate his honesty? Because you've always you've always been a guy that I think appreciates it most when somebody is honest with their true feelings as opposed to not. So do you at least do you have respect for him for for that? Um. 
He's just been caught in so many lies. What what are you talking about? What 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 specifically has he been honest about? Well, I don't know. I mean, I he's, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't have the I don't have the book of LeBron, you know, laid out here in front of me. Um I, think, I guess I just I think LeBron is the most uncomfortable and insecure superstar of all time. I mean, he just as uh, I think he constantly was trying to prove something he didn't need to prove. And I think constantly trying to, uh, I mean, here's the, the truth of the matter is, uh, Le, I mean, LeBron's never been in any kind of trouble, you know, I'm pretty much right. a, a good dude. Um, I don't think his teammates would say he's a great teammate and has been a great teammate at all times, but um, I, I mean, he's never been in trouble. You don't, you don't hear about him with, domestic violence or you know getting pulled over doing 150 drunk or anything like that so i just he just constantly i think was comparing himself to others at all times and trying to make himself seem like he's a better dude than he is and it just i think he just tried too hard i think he just tried too hard and um i, I don't know it's just it, it, but he his opinion on things or, or the fact that he's honest about things, um, I, get, I guess we can give him credit for that. It, it, the hard part is that some of his opinions were ludicrous. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> well, there's there we're that. completely okay. uninfo- <laughs> uninformed, uninformed, that, right? not intelligent. Uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll give you credit for admitting you're a moron. <laughs> From the uh, Yates Flooring Center chat line, uh, Syntex Hank says, uh, Kareem, Magic, and Bird. I think that's a function of age and fanship there. Um, Bobby Hot Dog says, Jordan, Kareem, Kobe, Wilt, Tony Kukoc, and then LeBron, <laughs> or he calls him LeBron. I think he's I think he's pandering to you on the, the Tony Kukoc thing there. Yeah, what? I think so. Yeah, I think he's angling for something there from from you. Uh, Somebody else says another... MJ, MJ was three. We all know Tony Kukoc was the real heart and soul of that Bulls team. So right. anyway, new right. text of the day right there. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Thank you for being with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Lint and Jeff mcguire i'm chuck hines we come to you this morning from the first united bank studio look forward to hearing from you on the yates flooring center chat line go to double dot com for that on the mobile app benchmark hotline is open too at 806-771-0973 we have some things in the chat line we'll get to in well, just a few minutes but uh, i wanted to run this baseball thing by by Jamie and Jeff, because uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not for it, but, you know, sometimes change is a little hard for me, especially when it comes to traditional things and how things are, are made up. Uh, but Jamie, this, uh, this article is in The Athletic, uh, written by Jim Bowden, the former uh, baseball general manager and uh, ESPN announcer and analyst, blah, blah, blah. And basically, he would propose this when um, baseball got to 32 teams and uh, baseball still has 30 teams 
and has had 30 teams for the past 25 years. Uh, even though the commissioner says he wants to get to 32, and you've got such uh, places like Nashville, Charlotte, Portland, Las Vegas, as well as Montreal and Vancouver being uh, potentially uh, for the next two. I, I think, Jamie, I think Vegas is going to get the uh, Oakland A's. I think uh, Oakland just keeps stubbing its toe and delaying, delaying, delaying on a new ballpark. And I think we're getting close to having a little denouement here with uh, the A's saying, you know what, we're adios muchachoed out here to uh, to Vegas. Uh, that would be interesting. Oakland, you know, keep, Oakland keeps losing teams. Yeah, I mean they'd be they'd be Gonzalez. They'd be they'd be out of teams. No, no Raiders. They don't have uh, you know Golden State anymore. Remember a team that didn't take their name, which I was kind of surprised they didn't go back to being the San Francisco Warriors. I thought that was going to happen. So I don't know. Maybe the maybe the powers that be got in there and said, ah, we like the uniqueness of Golden State. We'd have to we'd have to change too much. But I really did think they were going to go back to being called the San Francisco Warriors. Um, but I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't Golden State. But maybe maybe the uniqueness of it is 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 good. Um, it's their history, right? I mean, sure, sure. probably if I were. If I were living in the Bay Area, I'd probably be, you know, mad if they they considered to do that. So, um, so I, I think the A's are going to end up um, in Oakland. But let me let me run this by you. So Jim Bowden says this. He first he gets rid of the American League and National League. Okay, he calls them the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, which makes it kind of sound like the NBA, right? Sure. And. In the Eastern Conference East Division, how would you feel about this? In the same division, the Red Sox, the Mets, the Yankees, and the Phillies. Boy, that's some. That sounds fun. That's some hardcore fan bases. Yeah. 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 In the in the North Division, he has Cincinnati, Cleveland, Detroit, and Toronto. Okay. In the what he calls the Mid-Atlantic Division, he has uh, Baltimore, Charlotte as an expansion team, Pittsburgh, and the Washington Nationals. And in the Southeast Division, he would have Atlanta, Miami, Nashville as an expansion team, and Tampa Bay. And it's looking more and more, just what I saw recently, that Tampa Bay is going to stay at, in Tampa Bay, that they're going to figure it out. Remember, they were going to play some games in Montreal yep. and the mm-hmm. – they, they put the kibosh on that, but and I don't know if somebody's ponied up or if they're going to get a new place because the their stadium is it's just so depressing. Yeah, that's a good word uh, for it. Depressing. Yeah. You know? Um, and maybe they're going to doll it up or, or build something new. I mean, I think you have to have a dome down there. I just don't think people are going to deal with the humidity and the rain. Um. So what do you think of that? First of all, what do you think of getting rid of the American League and National League name? Do you ever see that happening? Because I sure don't. I don't. I, I don't love the idea of it. It just, I, it, I hate to be that guy that's like, American League has always been there. National League's always been there. It's just the way it's always been. Um, I, I would hate to lose those. Okay. Would you? Um, the divisions don't any- bother me as much. Okay. I mean, I right. mean, not being in the quote-unquote AL East or AL West, I, I don't think that's as big of a deal. Okay. 
So on the Western Conference side of things, the Midwest Division has the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, and the Twins. Okay. I mean, Cubs, White Sox, you know, basically you get on the L and you can get to each other in about 15 minutes. Uh, the Brewers aren't far away, nor are the Twins. So far, I've got Southwest, two, so far I've got two huge problems. I'm not breaking up okay. the, the Cubs cards, and I'm not breaking up the Phillies Pirates. Cubs cards, okay, well, Cubs cards. I'm with you. I mean, I don't know that I've ever even heard yeah. of the Phillies and Pirates being considered rivals. <laughs> I can't imagine that they're not, with regards to both being in Pennsylvania. I, 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 I like that would be like I'm, I wouldn't separate Houston and Texas Pirate either. Philly kind of showdown. Well, the Pirates have been terrible, so you haven't heard anything about the Pirates yeah, at all. That's probably why. Um, I'm trying to make another comparison. I don't, I don't know. Like if you want to put the Cubs and White Sox in the same division, whatever. But I'm not breaking up some of these Major League Baseball rivalries that have lasted almost 100 years. Well, you're doing it in college football and basketball. Right, but I don't have to break baseball because college football broke. Yeah, that's a good point. I understand that. Uh, The Southwest Division in the Western Conference features Houston, Kansas City, St. Louis, and Texas. Okay. And then the Pacific Division, Colorado, Oakland, or the Las Vegas A's, Mariners, and San Francisco Giants. And in the West Division, what have it, the Diamondbacks, the Angels, the Dodgers, and the Padres. Okay? So you're breaking up the Giants and the Dodgers. Can't really do that. Uh, within, the same, within the same division, yeah. Yeah, I don't love that one either. Uh, I'm listening to a lot of rivalries getting broken up just for the sake of breaking up rivalries. Well... I don't I think, think that's why they're doing it. No, but that's the, there are some that you can just go, let's put the, keep these guys together, let's keep these guys together. I'm not breaking up Houston and Texas right now, and it's not near as old as these other ones, but that is a rivalry that I'm not getting rid of. The, part of this is uh, being more geographical, and, and also it kind of helps with travel too, which you would have to think would help with some – expense and, and just wear and tear on the teams. It's not uh, like they're playing one game series. They're in these places for like four days. <laughs> I just <I> understand. <laughs> uh, the uh, geographic realignment, according to Bowden, would enhance the schedule, save teams considerable time and expenses consumed by unnecessary travel. Um. You get all the Southern California teams along the Diamondbacks making home and away travel more feasible with fans too. I get what you're saying, though. I get what I get what you're saying. You're you're breaking up some some pretty good uh, rivalries, and you would probably have a a truly balanced schedule then, Jamie, with 32 teams. Yeah, I would still want interleague. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I think I you, still I would want you, you to play have... every team every season. Yeah, I'm sure that that would be uh, be part of it. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.